So, Mr. Danny Chavez, the Colombian warrior, how are you feeling and how are you doing? Everything great, sir. Can't complain. Um, you know, same, same as always, just uh, training and just, you know, that's always been my lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, everything has been a good day. Yeah. I can see that you're one of the guys that um, combat sports as a whole is in your blood. So even when you haven't got any active competitions or so, you're still staying in the gym, keeping active and keeping fit. Yeah, that's the most important part, trying to keep myself uh, now ready. I, I don't want to come back to the gym or or even even worse, to competition, too rusty, you know? Yeah. Um, we could sometimes get off, get off the gym for a little bit. Maybe just to like, you know... It's a little off time, you know, but like something, it has to be very small. You know what I mean? It has to be sometimes you could get off the gym for like a few days, but maybe if you'd want to take a little vacation for a week, it depends if you didn't have competition. But if you're trying to like stay active, you have to stay in the gym. No, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it, it keeps your mind busy as well. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you don't, you know, for example, when, when you have a fight coming up, you don't want to stay just thinking of the fight; it may burn you out. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, you want you. I like, for example, for me in the weekends, I like to relax and I like to uh, I like to go play on those. What's happened to the connection? My head. But sometimes you want to, you know, you want to tune, you know, turn off a little bit. You know what I mean? And then turn it back on. You know what I mean? It's like when I'm in the gym, I'm I'm. I'm the switch is back on, but when I'm not in the gym, I don't want to think of the fight so much. I, I you know, you, you don't want to spend so much time just thinking and thinking of the fight. You overwhelm, get overwhelmed about it. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I'm interviewing you for the first time. I'm speaking with you properly for the first time, and something that I always do with anyone I'm speaking with that's either a fighter, a coach, or anyone who is affiliated with the community of combat sports as a whole. Um, I always ask them to give me a bit of uh, just a bit of background, uh, a bit of their background, their backstory. So, I just thought I'd start by asking you, how did you get into combat sports? You know, where did your did your journey start? Oh, I would say, um, like, um, every you know, growing up, you I, I always grew up with like uh fighting movies, like you know especially like Jack Claw Van Damme movies, uh, watching a lot of animation and uh, animation that has to do with, with, you know, with fighting, like Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff. I grew up like always with that stuff. I liked it. I always liked fighting. Um, I actually thought uh, karate was the way. You know, you're growing up with like the, the karate kid and you're growing up with like Jackie Chan and stuff. Like I said, Jack Claw Van Damme. So you, you're thinking like all these, I don't really understood martial arts, like which one really works. I thought they all were like a little bit the same. I'm a kid. I don't really know. Uh, as I'm growing up and really getting into my teenagers, teenager years, uh, I got into more like boxing. Uh, boxing was getting a little hot. You know, you had Oscar De La Hoya, Tito Trinidad, and you had Floyd, you had Pacquiao, you had all these things, you know, all these great boxers going on. Bernard Hawkins, Roy Jones Jr., you know what I mean? So I got into a little bit of boxing. I, I thought boxing was the way, you know. And then uh, it was one time I was hanging out with my, uh, one of my boys. And he's like, yo, let's go watch this, uh, the ultimate fighter. And I didn't know what that was. And I was like, you know, he's like, what? I'm like, what is it? He's like, oh, everybody gets in a house and they're trying to fight for a contract for being in the UFC. You ever seen those fights in a cage? And I'm like, yes, you know, I seen it, but I never really paid attention to them. You know, I like I, like I said, I, I 
I didn't know that much about it. It's crazy because I'll see it, but I never really paid attention to it. I pay more attention to boxing and other things. And and then uh, when, I, when I was watching it, I was like, yo, this is cool. And that, that was at the same time they were making, um, uh, they were, they were going to fight this. So it, there was a hyping up the fight between Matt Hughes and Hoyce Gracie. And they were showing a lot of Hoyce Gracie fights, old school fights, all the new school versus old school and all that stuff. And Hoyce Gracie was, you know, they were showing the early UFC how he was beating up a lot of guys with just jujitsu. So I thought that was cool, you know. I was like, oh, I want to really learn that. That's the, one of the first things I wanted to learn was jujitsu. I thought it was really cool finding a way to beat up a, like a bigger guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, leading up to the fight, there was a lot of hype, and there was like a time we talk about one UFC a year, if anything, you know, uh, like one pay-per-view a year. And then, um, and then yeah, then like, from there on, I remember me uh, me thinking, like, I really want to do this. I just didn't know what did I have to take. I knew I wanted to do jiu-jitsu. That was the one that I knew. But I didn't know. I was like, okay. Uh, but Because at that time, they were still trying to, like, figure out which of the arts that works. But we already have a little bit of understanding. We knew that, you know, Muay Thai, we knew that kickboxing, boxing, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu works. You know what I mean? But... Uh, not every school gave you everything, or you, and now you have to go to separate schools. One that teaches you jiu-jitsu, one that teaches you this. You know, now MMA schools have a bunch of uh, different arts in only one in one building. It's different, but it wasn't like that before. You know, so I started looking. I, you know, we're going back in days. I, I I was looking through the yellow pages, and I'm going through the yellow pages, and I'm looking for you know schools and. I was trying to try a Jeet Kune Do school, which was like a Bruce Lee's uh, philosophy, where they teach the, uh, a different type of... Uh, it was like the first time I seen an MMA gym, and technically it was literally a real MMA gym because that was Bruce Lee's uh, f- philosophy, mixing the, the arts that works. But there were one, there's some of them that I didn't really like uh, rock with, it, which was like the Wing Chun and the Cali Sticks, you know? Uh, th- th- those are the two, but they, they teach you uh, Western boxing and... Uh, and Muay Thai as well, if, if I'm not wrong, that was part of it. But they didn't have any groundwork like that because Jeet Kune Do didn't really have ground like that. But that was like the first time you you had like a, a mix of arts in one in, in one one um one style. You know what I mean? Like that's literally like he was the first person to say you know mix all the styles, get the best things that works for you from every, and just put it in one. He was the first one that did that. But more, he had the first. He was the first one with that philosophy, but he didn't really have the right ones together. You know what I'm trying to say? The right ones it became wrestling, jujitsu, judo, uh, boxing, kickboxing, muay thai. You know what I mean? Those are the ones that became like the foundation. And, and if you if you bring something else on the on the outside, that's fine. You could be a little bit jikundo. I mean, a taekwondo. You could be a karate. You could be a capoeira. You know, but you have to learn the other ones. Those are the, the they're fundamental, especially, like I said, kickboxing, wrestling, and jiu-jitsu. Those three. That's the foundation. Anything else you want to do on the side, that's fine, and it will help you too. But those are the top three, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and kickboxing. And you could even say kickboxing or Muay Thai, whichever. But you have to learn how to throw punches, kicks, knees, and elbows. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? So literally, that's literally how everything, uh, everything started. I just went, and I started looking for schools, and I found... You know, uh, at that time, I, was, uh, I had found, like, a different school, another school where they said, 
uh, try this for 30 days free trial. And I was like, 30 days free trial? What's this crazy? Let me see what's going on here. You know, I'm like, I thought it was a ripoff, you know, other journalists just ripped me off, whatever. So I called and they, they, I went there and, you know, it was such a different gym. I went there and I'm like, I looked around and it felt like the vibe of a fighter. You know what I mean? Like the vibe, like they were sparring, some people were rolling. And, and I, you know, that's literally how I, I that's from there on. I took, I, I started and I took off. Uh, that actually is, uh, I mean, I like how you, how you did mention about the different aspects. I mean, if you kind of break everything apart of mixed martial arts, the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the boxing, the learning how to do certain moves to go on the offense and then other moves to go on the defense. So it's almost like you study everything. So it's like when you're walking into the cage or at least progressing the sport, you kind of, you're mastering every skill, if I can, if I can put it that way, every skill, every art properly to its core. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's hard. It's gonna be hard to be perfect at MMA. Like maybe 40, 50 years from now, everybody will be able to do everything almost hundred percent. But what you gotta do is like, whatever works for you, get 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 the best part of it. I'm a, I feel like, I'm a, like for example, I'm a great grappler, but I can't do all the moves that there's in grappling or jiu-jitsu you know what i mean or even if I, I could be a great kickboxer there's moves that i just don't do you know i just don't like you know but i believe every art brings something good in, like I, for example i've been doing capoeira and capoeira uh, gives you good movement on your feet gives you balance gives you good kicks i mean i fight the way they they move around because I'm, I'm constantly like in a dance I, I don't think i'll be able to start fighting dancing in a way i don't want to that's not the way to go. But they, you could take those kicks in and still put it in, in, in your in your what's it called? Your arsenal, you yeah. know? So you know, I think like the world of MMA, like it has this strong, like the, the strong arts that you're supposed to learn, but everything now, like I said, every art brings something positive into mixed martial arts. Yes, yes, definitely. I agree. I agree that no, there's no question. Uh, one of the things I did pick up in uh, listening to one of your other interviews is that you kind of, will I say, burst into the mixed martial arts scene, but um, you started immediately, um, straight away professionally. I mean, um, you don't have any amateur experience at all. Well, well what happened is that amateur was not a thing back in the days. Okay. Amateur was actually an optional thing. If you wanted to do amateur, it was optional. I did do uh, three amateur kickboxing fights. And from 2007 to 2009, I, those two years, I did like three amateur kickboxing fights, and I, I was still grappling in between those years. And then 2010 is when I made my pro debut. But uh, once I made my pro debut in 2010, in 2011, it became a rule that you have to do five amateur fights to, to oh, pro. Okay. So okay. I actually skipped that. And plus, I, I did, I, I, I thank God I skipped that because I didn't really want to do that. And plus, mm. it, it, it's not a thing anymore. But back in the days, it was a thing that if you did amateur, you were being, you were, you were scared. <laughs> like it really was. No, I'm serious. Like if you did amateur, you were scared. So you were scared to go pro because you could go pro any given moment. So it was a thing. It was funny, but it was a thing. It was a thing. Like if, if back in the days you did amateur, you were scared. And like, so a lot of people went pro right away. A lot of people didn't try amateur. And plus, at the same time, like you wanted to get paid. 
Mm-hmm. Amateur doesn't get paid. So it became a thing now, which I believe is very um, necessary to have an amateur uh, event. I think, I believe some people don't need amateur, but I believe some people do need amateur, you know, to, to, you have to understand that when you're so great at, um, when you're so great at something like, like a guy like Bo Nickel that's fighting today, tonight, he's such a decorated wrestler, such a great high level wrestler. You don't. He don't have to do amateur. He could go straight pro. He's too good in in one art. He's too. He's the high. One of the highest there. It's like having Gordon Ryan going to do amateur. Like he he doesn't have to do amateur. He's too great. He has to go straight pro. But mm-hmm. you got guys that are learning how to do everything at one. It's the first year learning mixed martial arts, and you the one that you know they got talent. You they're, they're nice and athletic. And you feel like they're ready, but they're ready to go against another person around their same experience. You don't want to throw him in there now with pros, and maybe his first pro fight is a guy like Bo Nickel or a guy like like uh, 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 any of these great grapplers or any of these great kickboxers. No, you know what I mean? Like those people need to go straight with like people that are like a little bit more experienced like them. You know, so I think amateur is pretty uh, is good for some people. Some people need it. Some people don't. Why would people um, feel that the individual fighters themselves who are skipping or... I think you said that um, some people believe that the fighter is scared if they didn't go pro straight away or so. That The reason why, why they, they'll believe that they're scared if they started amateur. But I mean, let's be, be honest. I mean, this is a fight, first of all. <laughs> I think... Um, give the person some respect they're going to go in there to there's to win of course but there's also the possibility they could lose and be you know they feel humiliated well, and that wasn't people yeah but it wasn't people that were saying those things it was fighters themselves you know so we fighters were holding ourselves like to a standard when we first started and it was it wasn't really like it was not a mature thinking but it was a tough thinking you know what i mean like we're we're, we're all you know we're talking about like we, we live in an era in 2023 where we are, there's so much information and so much science and so much things behind it and so much, so many, so much uh, studies that now we understand that, yeah, it was, it was it's kind of like saying, it's like any sport. The sport evolves as the years are going by and you get more information. You do not play basketball the same way you played basketball in the 90s or in the 80s. Yeah. There was way more roughness. There was way more hand check. You could really, now you can't barely, you could barely look at someone and they give you a technical foul. You know what I mean? Now you barely touch somebody shooting and they're, really, they're calling a foul. Before you were able to really like make more contact. So it, it, things just changed. I, when we first started, we I, I was in the, like the second generation. I, I started as a second generation of MMA. We're going into like probably the you know what 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 you consider generation every ten years. Around mm, about yeah. probably a bit probably a bit more, a few more years. Every fifteen, fifteen. Yeah. So the UFC has been around for two thirty years. Yes, you know what I mean, so it's been two generations. I'll say, but uh, damn, because if you say the second, I I just feel like the nineties. The 2000s and the 2010s were a little bit different. Each one of them, I feel like the okay. 90s was so such a such a start of the of the of the sport. In the 2000s, 
yeah, you started to see more athletic people, better fighters, uh, more well-rounded. Like you saw people like were better here and there. Now in 2010, 2020, people are flying. <laughs> These guys are throwing flying knees from anywhere. Uh, they're throwing kicks off the wall, like yeah, like Anthony Pettis. Yeah. You see what I mean? So it has. I give it every ten years because it it is it, yeah. evolved so much. Mm-hmm. And I think like I landed on the second generation where we still were thinking a lot, of, a lot of old school stuff, a lot of like be tough, be tough, be tough, be tough. And then we're in a generation now that if you're tough, you're tough. You don't have to prove it all the time. You're gonna get. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just different before. It was just like it was just fighters just being, uh, you know, just we were just trying to be tough to our, you know, the the people coming up at that moment. You know what I mean? Or or anybody, our peers. We were just, you know, because everybody at the time, everybody wants to turn pro and fight. But at the time, like I said, it, it, amateur just became a thing. And people were just like, fighting would be like, oh, you're going to do amateur? What happened? You're scared? <laughs> it was just like a thing, man. I'm going to lie to you. Like, you hear it, you heard it around a lot. And, I'll be, and, and, I, and I was one of those. I was one of those. I'm like, I can do amateur, but I ain't scared. I'm going to do pro. <laughs> and it, it just went like that. It was like a thing, like I said. It, it doesn't mean anything. It was just like, it was just a moment that old school era was just trying to be tough. That's it. Would you, and some people in the comments section, however you listen to this, may say it's a stupid question to ask, but would you, would you agree that maybe social media has maybe had some influence in how the sport has evolved and changed, you know, how you're seeing certain movement in the cage and so on? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, social media is giving all types of uh, sports, all sports, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, um, oh, hype and eyes on them. You know what I mean? Like, especially a sport that, you know, like MMA that's got founded in 1993. You know, we haven't been around for so long. Like I said, just our sport has only been around for 30 years. And look how big it's growing. So when, you know, when the UFC got bigger, it was in 2003, 2004, because of Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner, when they had that legendary fight, that fight from there on, got the UFC to where is that? Like, it, it literally started everything. That's the fight that started everything. And then we're talking about six, seven years later, you hit, which I'll say social media was already around with MySpace and all that stuff. Uh, MySpace was, I think, 2007, 2006, something like that. Um, but then when Facebook, Instagram, and all that, like when the social media really started blowing up, it just we we MMA MMA was such a hot sport just coming up like we blew up too you know what I mean so social media has helped I think like all sports and all types of businesses that wants to use or uh, to 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 expand and everything like social media has become the thing you know and you have to know how to use it because it really does help a lot like you know uh, if, if without social media i think conor mcgregor would have been great but he never would have been that global as he is you know what i mean yeah yeah of course because yeah. you would have heard of him but it was a think about it back in the days how you would have heard of him through the newspapers uh word of mouth um some magazines uh stuff like that maybe some commercials on tv but that's about it 
social media, if you're the person that doesn't watch TV, maybe you don't see him. If you're yeah. the kind of person that doesn't read, read newspapers, you're not going to read about him. Mm -hmm. So having the access to go to your phone, and as I'm just scrolling for something else that has to do with him, and all of a sudden an ad pops up and it's him coming up, next fight, you, you get, you're like, okay, who is this guy? Boom, and you get, and then you click on it. And it's the access of clicking on him and finding out what is he up to or what is he doing. Oh, you know, and all of that, man, social media has become the new... It's just a new way of of, yeah, of, yeah. of, of marketing. It's a new way of communication. It's a new way of of like networking. It, it is mm. the biggest networking way. You know what I mean? So it, it's great for the sports. It's just you have to know how to use it. You can, you know, social media as well could be a, a little bit toxic and stuff. You know. This is gonna be a, a bit of a controversial one. You can, I would not be surprised if you told me to kind of get lost or gone f myself um but there's something you're very open in the one of the interviews that i listened to and you did mention i think the interviewer did ask you about you know losing a fight um what like, it's not something that, that many people in the fight game do talk about a lot but what's that like and i even i think you went to the extent of you even highlighted how some people people who'd probably have never been in a fight in their life even will troll you online saying you just disrespect seeing you after losing fight. I mean what does that feel like after the uh, the aftermath of uh, of losing a fight how do you handle a lot of the negativity that people try and throw at you where they blame you for you know for how the whole thing and work uh, just um panned out well to be very honest just two things it bothers of course it does but it doesn't bother me because I don't know who they are. So that's literally like it, it does bother. I'm not gonna lie to you. It does bother, you know, but it doesn't bother that much because, you know, if, if those were my friends telling me those things, it would hurt. Yeah. And and they would say I have some trash ass friends, but <laughs> but uh but the reality is like if you really want to hurt me, you gotta be somebody I care about. Like I I don't care what people say unless you're some a loved one. A loved one could really hurt me. You know what I mean? Because I got love for you. And if you're talking shit and if you're making me feel like bad, you're going to work. It's going to work for you a little bit because I got love for you. But if I don't got love for you and I don't know who you are, I don't give a shit about your opinion. So when people did that, yes, it bothers, but I ignored them. I answered them back and then blocked them after that. You know? <laughs> like some people say stupid stuff like, oh, I bet I bet on you and you lost this fight. And, nah, 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 and I, I replied that I replied back like I hope you stay broke for the rest of your life. Boom, block, you know. And yeah, man, you know sometimes you gotta let people know, like give them a little taste of their own medicine. They want to troll you, you troll back a little bit, but you don't give the you don't get in that back and forth. You can't yeah. do that. You're mm -hmm. not gonna win that. You have to understand that. You know, I did it to vent. Hey, somebody wants to talk back. And one thing I learned since I was a little kid is that you, you always gotta defend yourself. So I always defend myself, but. When it comes down to people that, first of all, have no access to them, they don't know, they may not know nothing about fighting. Uh, they just can't wait to somebody to lose for them to just make them feel worse. Because there's people out there like that. There's there's bad people out there, you know what I mean? And but at the end of the day, when I take when I, the, the 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 time that I lost, I get so much support from my family, my friends, my fans. You know what I mean? That you know, my teammates, everybody. I get so much support. I get so much more love 
they, it overshadows whatever happens with the negativity. Like, it, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just, it's so much more. It's like 95% of my messages are great. People are trying to show me love and support. 5% is probably bad. So who cares about that 5%? The 95 is bigger, you know? So who cares about that number? And I, and that's it. Like I said, I just, you can't care what people think, man. I'm not, like I said, that's the one good thing about being, being raised old school, that I don't care about people's validation or I don't really care if I, I'm not here to be friends with the world. I'm nice to the world, but I'm not here to be friends with the world. I got my own little friends and I'm good with it. I'm, I'm, those are my ride or die people. And that's it. I don't, I don't care about, my reputation is my people's, my circle. My circle is my reputation. I don't care about anybody else. I don't care about people's opinions. I care about their opinion. If my circle tells me something that I, I will care about, yeah, I mean, so close. you want to hurt me, my circle is the only one that probably could do that because I got love for that. I got love for them. So if they, they, they were the only ones that could probably attack me, hurt me. Nobody else can hurt me. I, I think I did. Um, uh, I think we, you, you highlighted social media and the habit has helped market some of the fighters and help them gain that global stardom, like Conor McGregor. But I think that's also one of the negative sides of it as well. I mean, I've seen examples of that on Instagram and Twitter of, I think, even certain podcasters um, in the in the commerce sports and community who they have actually said some really um, nasty things about certain fighters who did lose a fight. But I thought at least give that fighter some respect. So they did something which I'm sure you yourself, you're not a fighter, but I'm sure at the same time, you're not prepared to do what he or she was prepared to do. And unfortunately, okay, the fight didn't go their way. So at least give them that respect. They still stepped inside that ring or cage or octagon and still gave it their best. You know what I mean? No, of course. But, you know, it comes with it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're someone's fan, well, like, when you have fans in... You know, you have a fighter that's trash talking you and trying to troll you, and then you win the fight. You know, and your fans want to go and just go crazy on the guy you just beat because that he was trolling you and attacking you. I, I'm okay with it because you know I, I know it comes with a game of, of sports. I was like, it happens in every sport. Every sport, you you hear moments where people have to get kicked out of a basketball game and just can't stop talking shit about one of the opposition, the opposite team, and probably one of the players. You see LeBron telling somebody to just tell the, the, the referee, yo, take this person out. You know what I mean? It happens. It's, like it's part of the fan. It, you don't want you never want them to get too disrespectful because at the end of the day, the sport that we do is more vicious than any other sport. Is you know. Uh yes, I understand the respect. Um but I think like one I think like the um, I think as a fighter, as long as you're, the, the, there's respect between the fighters and the camps and everything and, and like I said like you're you're not gonna you can't expect like if you expect people to all everybody to like you respect you and give you the, the love that you deserve and <laughs> give you your flowers it's not gonna happen yeah it's not gonna happen so you, you just enjoy the people that do because you know you're gonna have that one person out there that for some reason you know they don't like you and they can't wait for you to fail so they could go and write at you Oh, you know, you you suck. You're old. Get out of here. You know, whatever. And you just, like I said, you you can't pay attention to that because, like I said, it, in social media, there's so it's so easy to do that. It's so easy for anybody to right now reach out to someone else. Like it's so easy. All you have to yeah, do is go to yeah. my Instagram and send me a message, and eventually I will open it and I will see it. You know what I mean? So it's so easy to do that. So you just. 
you have to like learn how to like just take the good with the bad and that's it so you're talking about um these um uh, <laughs> internet trolls how they give you um uh, just a lot of grief where when they wouldn't really have the balls or the the guts to step into the cage or the octagon and kind of face their worst fears themselves and then they kind of like um, start trash talking you on the internet yeah because at the end of the day people that never really reach their dreams they want to crush others you know what i mean so that's really what happens it's called like it's like it's like misery likes company you know what i mean so a lot of a lot, let's be real a lot of people didn't chase their dreams because yeah there's many factors why they, it could have, but one of them is they didn't work hard to get it. They 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 were they didn't they didn't try hard enough. It's just that simple. You know what I mean? A lot of people lay uh, whatever the reasons are. You got people with legit reasons. You got people that it was just it was their own fault why they didn't reach their dreams. You know what I mean? It's their own fault, and they're always gonna point a finger at something. Oh, I had this. Oh, is that this was happening to me? Oh, is that this? Oh, I didn't have this. Oh, no. Nah. And, you know, it's different when you have, like, different goals and then you couldn't reach one and then you you reach another one. A different one. Because before I, before fighting, I wanted to do other things. I just, I, and I didn't get to. But once I did, I came myself to do fighting and I, I really went all the way through with it. You know, you don't, you don't spend five years doing something and you decide to just do something else for 10 years. Like, it's just... You know, if you go from 18 years old all the way to 25, that's seven years. If you go to 25 years old doing something and then, but but you half-assed it, that's your fault. Oh, I didn't get anywhere. I've been here for seven years, but you half-assed it. That's what happened. And then you're going to go and half-ass something else. And then you're going gonna to let that go. And then you're going to go half-ass something else. And then you're going to let that go. And then by the time you reach yeah. 40, you're yeah. broken and you're nobody. You know, so, you know, and th those people will always belittle the people that are actually doing great, you know? So you can't pay attention. Like I said, I don't pay attention. To me, you can't hurt me if I don't care about you. If I care about you, you have a chance. If I don't care about you, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Okay, so it's fight night or let's say it's a fight camp. How do you, as in yourself, as an individual, a professional mixed martial arts athlete, how would you prepare for an upcoming upcoming fight? All right, so this is why I'm, I'm like for example, let's say right now I have an upcoming fight. I'm fighting April 29th. So for that fight, I got two months, which is normally because it always depends the timing you get. But you normally want to get eight weeks. Eight weeks is a perfect camp for anybody. Um, I start a little slow. I start training every day, doing my stuff. Um, some days I push certain things more than others. Like some days I'm working more on my wrestling. Some days I'm working harder on my grappling. And some days I'm working hard on my stand-up and my defense or my offense. It depends what I'm doing. But if we start first kind of like warming up the body. I'll do like one a conditioning class a week and maybe two. Depends how I feel. It'll be lifting weights. And then I start, you know, in the middle of the camp, going into like the, the third week to the fourth week, I start getting, you know, more work and I really start putting in, you know, more more work in it. And then as I'm getting closer to the camp, I start lying it down. You don't want to get hurt and you need to recover. You know what I mean? Um, I train every day in the morning. 
We have uh, grappling and stand-up in the morning, so we do both. Uh, as we're getting closer to a fight, and we know the fighter that we're going to fight, my coaches will specifically have certain things that they want me to do, so it could happen in the fight. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Danny, we're, we're going to work on this on this kick because you, you're great at this kick, and the guy is, you know, it, it's easy to kick him with that kick, you know? He's, uh, that's, that's one of his weak points. So we'll be practicing that a lot. You know, so when I'm in the fight, I do it. You know what I mean? Sure. Because whatever you do in practice, you're going to do in the real fight, you know? And dieting is always going to be one of the things. Uh, I've been eating, you know, I, I you can't eat bad. No fast food. Yeah. Try not to eat out, even if it's good, even if it's, oh, but I was eating, I ate rice and beans and a salad with some chicken. Yeah, but what you ate in Puerto Tropical? Oh, okay, that's the problem. You went to a fast food restaurant to get mm. fast food. Any of that, you know, even if it's it's rice and beans, you didn't cook it at home. It's better to cook at home. Um, there's a resting. I'm always getting uh, like tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at one o'clock, uh, I have a massage. Uh, my massage therapist, White Lion, she's always holding it down for me every week, recovering with her. Uh, you have to do all the things with recovery, ice baths, Epsom salts, rest, drink, hydration, eating, uh, taking your supplements, all that stuff, you know what I mean? They all play a part of, of, of a camp. They should be like, they should, you should be able to, you should be able to have the same discipline do without a camp, but sometimes without a camp, you know, we have our moment, we're gonna go eat some fast food, oh, okay, today's Saturday, let's eat some pizza, let's eat this, let's eat that. Um, you're a little bit more free to how you eat, but you still want to eat healthy, but you're a little bit more free. When you have a camp, it's a little bit more strict. Everything is a little bit more strict. But uh, but it's fun too, because like I said, I, I'm I'm still eating a lot of food. I'm still having, I love the food I'm eating. It's just, yeah, sometimes you walk your body like, okay, I, I miss I miss some chicken nuggets. <laughs> I miss eating some fries from McDonald's. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, but, but, uh, but no, like, I, I the camps are I'm so used to I've been doing it for so long that I'm used to going into a camp. I'm used to this is my lifestyle. Like I don't I don't I don't eat like this only for a fight camp. I eat like this outside of fight camps, you know what I mean? So So you for you stay, you have to stay disciplined outside of fight camp, which is the hardest part. So for you, it truly is like a lifestyle choice. You will once you've as in once a fight is over, a fight season is done and dusted with, you don't just say, okay, to hell with this. I'm just going to go and eat and binge 24-7. You, you don't do we, that at all. We do it the first week after the fight. As soon as you okay. fight on Saturday, yes. for a whole week, you kind of binge eating like crazy. And then you should stop. Some people keep going. That is the problem. You're supposed mm. to stop. It was a week of celebration. Everybody <laughs> wants to take you out to eat. Everybody yeah. wants to have a beer with you. Everybody wants to do all that. And it's good because it's your family, it's your friends. You know, they all want to have a, a moment with you to celebrate. And, and they all want to invite you to eat something, you know, anywhere. And, and you take the invitation. And at the same time, you, you're, you're hungry. You, you're willing to eat all that food. But you're supposed to slow down. And, you know, now you're not supposed to keep that up because then you'll be walking around a heavyweight class, out of shape. You know, you don't want that. But then you're going to come back to the gym and then you're, you're not feeling well. And then you're trying to train hard and then you, you end up getting hurt. So that's why you could get hurt too. 
And I, I, I guess that when it comes to for um combat sports athletes like yourself, when it comes to weight cutting, especially if you've got to go down in go down in weight, it makes that a lot easier. I, I guess. Well, I would, I wouldn't know because I don't go down weight class right now. Uh, I, okay. I've been at forty five my whole entire my whole entire life. Uh, if you're right. If you're gonna if you're gonna go down a weight class you're definitely most likely are going to have more restriction in the things that you eat through a long period of time because you're you're because you're not trying to do a dehydration weight cut you want to do a dieting weight cut if you do a dehydration to another weight class you could hurt yourself so you want to do more like a diet going all the way down next to the next weight class so yeah you it'll be good to keep up always eating healthy to become a habit so when because to go to another weight class, you better be more strict. If you, most likely, I believe. I don't know. I never gone down to one thirty five, um, but I, I assume that you're eventually gonna have to be way more strict with like the way you eat and the amounts of you, the way you eat. Like you can, you can ask somebody to go to another weight class, like in eight weeks. It has to be something planned out for like six months. You got to get your body a little smaller. You can't, like, for example, I walk around 165 to 170 to make it to 145. If you're asking me to do that, to go to 135, but come down from where I'm at, that's going to be, that's going to hurt me. You're going to have to make me walk around, around 160 to 155 for a long period of time then you make the weight cut to 135 because you want to make the same weight cut. You want to make a healthy weight cut. You don't want to make a drastic dehydration weight cut. You could hurt yourself. You can't dehydrate the body so much. You know what I mean? It's it's not good for you. You know what I mean? Your body is 80% made out of water, so it's not good for you. Yeah, I uh, I have seen the, you know, you do see these horror shows at the weigh-ins that some people got cut so much weight for the fight. That when they step on the scale, they they literally just faint, <laughs> you know. That's so depleted. They're like they look like skeletons. <laughs> In the UFC, um, this issue of bad judging seems to be rearing its ugly head time and time again. We just saw that with the Islam Makachev and uh, versus um, Alexander Volkanovsky fight. I mean, what's your take on that? Because sometimes even a lay person can be watching a fight. And you know, perhaps you know you're not that well well vested, or you're just a casual follower of the sport. But even you can see yourself as a casual fan. You can see who the winner of the fight is, and then surprisingly, shockingly, the win goes the other way. And you would have thought, no, hold on a second, that clearly must be a mistake. This guy or this guy won the fight. I mean, what's your take on that? Because it's some. It seems mind boggling how some judges can make certain decisions. Um. This is, you know, I believe, and it's just me, like, are you going to have people judging a fight when they don't know what, what fighting is? I just don't understand. And uh, I don't think so many people have control over that. It happens in boxing. Boxing has been a sport, it's been a long, around for a very long time. And you still got judges in boxing that don't know, don't know nothing about boxing. <laughs> and they're judging it. And it's crazy. It's like, I don't understand who qualified these people to get that job. 
who is the one that hired these people? I know it's based on the boxing uh, athletic commission. I know that, but I wonder who's really giving these people the the, the right to to go out there and judge a fight when they don't know what fighting is. It's just I'm not lie to you. To this day, I say this is the biggest the biggest disappointment in combat sports is you got people judging fights that don't know nothing about fighting. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, the, all I could say is 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 is, is crazy, literally. I, I I don't I don't like even like I, when I I talk to people before I I don't even like talking no more details about what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. To me, it's just crazy. If you cannot it, look, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh the, the the cooking channels. You know, when you see like uh, the cooking channels, people are, uh, you know, doing, uh, they're cooking for some judges. And then the judges have a guest, celebrity or somebody, and you just come in to eat the food too. The celebrity most of the time enjoys the food and says it was great. The judges are the ones with the critique. They really get like, oh, you know, this was a little too spicy or this was, you know, the texture of this, it was not mixed. You know what, this sauce was not like, they, they get very picky. You know what I mean? But they were chefs. They have all the credentials to say whatever they want, even yeah. if you disagree. Even if you disagree, they are chefs, qualifying chefs to say, to critique the other person's plate. Yeah. Imagine if you have nothing but judges that have never fought, never, never cooked in their lives. And now, I know that this is a little different because one thing we all have in common is eating. So yes, if it tastes good, it tastes good, but there's more than that in yeah, judging yeah. a plate. You judge a plate based on 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 texture or the uh, on presentation, on on uh, on mixing the ingredients and ask for it to mix them right. You know, it's 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 more detail than that. They're just tasting the food and be like, oh, it's great. So there's more than just watching a fight and be like, oh, it's, it was entertaining. Oh, look, he punched him. Oh, he, well, he hit him like ten times more than the other guy. Yes. But there were there's such thing as cage control. There's such thing as clean control. There's such thing as, as time on the ground. A take that it's not just who him who had more significant strikes than the other. Doesn't mean anything. Like it's just crazy. Like I said, it's just crazy that you have people judging something they don't know nothing about. Yeah. It's crazy. Would it not help if you had judges in there who um, well, for, let's say that that they had to have some sort of combat sports and combat sports background themselves. Either they are a coach, they are someone who trains regularly in the sport, or maybe they are a former professional athlete. You know, let's say it could be someone who's the equivalent of Conor McGregor. Maybe say Conor McGregor in the next ten or twenty years retires and but still wants to come back and be a judge on on the panel. I mean, someone like that, you know what I mean? Someone who has some, who has been in the cage then, stood in the cage and fought, competed physically. Wouldn't someone of that caliber be far more preferable to what we have now at the moment? Well, you wouldn't want, I I, I think like any high, high level fighters won't really take that kind of job because they probably got other things they want to do outside of the sport. You know what I mean? I think, like, as a as a professional fighter, and especially if you fall, like, at a high level and you got already, like, some good money and some good fame, 
you may you don't want to do that kind of job you you want to you want to go to a fight and enjoy them having a beer yeah you don't want to be there judging fights that's more for the people that didn't really accomplish that much in the sport but they did still did the sport and they still know the sport but they didn't really get to the uh, uh, big organization that's fine but at least they understand the sport and they're judging they're gonna judge it right when you have a person that doesn't know nothing, like they've never been in the mats, never punched the bag, they've never been punched in the face, and they want to come and tell you who they think they won the fight, like it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. But I, I don't, I don't think like every professional, high, especially a high level fighter, wants to be. The most they want to do is commentating. They yeah. like to commentate, <laughs> but they don't want a referee and they don't want to judge. It's a hard. Uh, I'll be honest too. It is a hard job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to take away the fact that this, that's a hard job anyways, you know, being a, a referee and being a, a judge, but especially a referee, a referee has the hardest job. A judge doesn't have the, the to me, a referee has the hardest job there. Uh, but, you know, what can you do? Uh, that's just the way sport goes and you're going to deal with it. You're only, what, 35 years old? No, I'm 35. I'm yeah. turning 36 in exactly 10 days. That's still very young. Yes, um, what future prospects mean do, do you have? Um, do you want to set up your own? Um, as in, I think I, if I picked it up, if I remember correctly, you do have, I think, certain projects that you're already involved in coaching the younger up and coming fighters. I mean, yeah. whatever, whatever, not whatever, but what other things as in do you, would you like to start them doing the futures and what what other what other future plans do you have you know you know fighting was not my future plan okay it, it wasn't it just became and i and i and i grabbed it so what i'm trying to say is that i go with the flow sometimes i i may tell you right now what i really want but maybe three, four years from now, an opportunity presents itself, and that's what I grabbed, and that, and I probably build some passion into it because everything is passion. If you're passionate about something, you're gonna do really great. You know what I mean? It's hard to do something just because uh, there is money or or I have nothing. I have to settle for it. It's you you will thrive when you have passion into something when you actually like love that. You know. So I may tell you right now something, but three, four years from now. Maybe something else caught my attention and that's really what I'm passionate about and I'm going to do great. So right now, um, I have a a couple of uh, assassins growing up right now. <laughs> I, I got my guys. Mm. I got a couple of guys. Um, not, only, uh, not only my students, but like, you know, my my circle of, 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 of my teammates that I have right now, they're amazing fighters, you know what I mean? Going from like some of them already as veteran as I am, some of them are younger, and some of them are just starting. But we all mix, you know what I mean? And we all have a great group, and we all helping each other. I got a couple of guys coming up that been with me. Richard Mayor, he's three and zero pro. I got uh, um, Alexander Martinez, which yesterday me and him uh, we technically verbally agree with the Combate Global, which is the new Latin promotion. We're gonna he's gonna do his pro debut there. I'm gonna do my my next fight there. Um, we I have a, a in the amateur scene uh, Joshua Sierra and Mikey Michael Pino. Um, they're right now two of the guys that are, are coming up in amateur. 
Um, there's more guys in the gym too, like uh, Isaac Padilla. We got a, uh, we have a lot of great guys. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't want to leave nobody left out. We got Sean. I forgot his last name. <laughs> um, you know, but we, have, but we have a lot of great guys. Those are like guys that kind of help out that they just started. But we still have a lot of other guys that right now already season. They're already season. Like my my friend, one of my one of my my little brother, uh, Colin Lubers. You know what I mean? He's uh, six and two right now. Oh, seven and two, seven, six and two. Sorry, six and two. And he's about to fight again in CFFC, one of the big, uh, another big organization. Uh, we have, uh, you know, I have a lot of people, man. Like I don't want to leave nobody left out. Uh, I got Nate, uh, my, my my boy, Nate is fighting in two weeks in the UFC, uh, March twenty fifth against Alex Caceres. That's my guy. That's actually, uh, I I love that guy, man. That guy is, uh, he's. You know, I'm one of the oldest guys in my gym. You know what I mean? You may not, I may not look old, but I am one of the oldest guys in my gym. I'm 36 years old. Everybody else in the gym is literally under 30 years old, you know? Mm. So Nate is 34. You know, he, me and him have a lot of, like, the same vibe, the same time, the same yeah. experience. So I like that. Uh, but most of the guys in the gym that are growing up, man, right now, they're all 25, 23, 27, 21, 20, 19. You know what I mean? Um so right now they're all just learning right now you know yeah. what i mean and we me nate uh miguel baeza which everybody knows he's an amazing fan in the ufc too or him too like we we are like the leaders of the team trying to show the guys the way you go the way to go you know and mm-hmm. right now that to me is my outside of my own personal uh achievements right now still as a fighter that's one of my my goals is to is to make sure these guys reach their goals you know what sure. i mean uh yeah I want to make sure they reach these guys reach their goals just like I, you know, just like I try to reach my goals. But, you know, I kind of want to be part of theirs. Like you, you want you do want to give, but you want to give back. As you, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, especially if you're my people. So if you're my people, I'm always gonna give back. You know what I mean? But I, I'm, you know, like I told you, like I'm a nice guy to the world, but I love my circle. That's the people I I, I ride and die with. You know what I mean? No, of um, course. So. Yeah, I just I just want to make sure they. I just want to make sure that they're good. I really do. That does. I, I like I said. I, I love my peoples, and I just want to make sure they're good. You know, what I mean, I just make sure that whatever I could do to help them reach their goals, without pampering them. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I still at the same time. You know, these are. You know, I don't gotta do everything for them either. I want to make sure that. I just want to make sure they're doing it the right way, the good way. I don't want to make. I want to make sure that that one day they don't need me anymore. You know, what I mean, that sure. they could do it on their own. And at the end of the day, is to make them independent of you. You know what I mean? Not dependent of you. Two questions. Um, I'm going to ask you, I've asked quite a few people in the past, and they were up to these two big events. Uh, the first one for UFC, I think UFC 87, I think they're going to be fasting at, Adesanya versus Pereira. Who do you mm-hmm. think is going to take that win? <laughs> I'm really going to, uh, you know, to be honest, I think like, and I always said this, too many rematches, it doesn't play out the same way. I yeah. think this time Adesanya will win that fight. I think like the other, um, Pereira won the first three. You're going to at a high level, two high level fighters, eventually, one out of 10, you're going to lose one out of 10. You know, they already fought three, four, three times. They're going to fight for the fourth time. Alessania is to me the smarter, slick fighter, um, clever. I think Pereira is just tough. 
smart but tough. Um, wheels things out. Big good technique too. But I think Anasanya, I, I go with a clever guy, and I think Anasanya will be able to finally get his get back. Um, okay, and the next one, they're currently, you know, doing currently coaching the um ultimate fighter season thirty one. Chandler versus McGregor. Now, who do you think with that fight? Ah, man, that's <laughs> tricky. But I, I'm ah. going with Connor. Ah. I think. I think uh, Chandler is too wild. Also, uh, if we're talking about the 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 Connor that fought Dustin, Connor's gonna lose that fight. If we, but even the second, the the third time he fought Dustin, the one that he broke his leg, that was a better Connor compared to the one that got knocked out by by Dustin. Mm-hmm. That Connor was very flat-footed and like head forward, leaning, like uh, hunched over, kind of trying to box. The the Connor that has more karate stance, more uh, elusive and light footwork, that's the that's the one that is hard to fight. You know what I mean? So if he brings that kind of guy to Chandler. Chandler's not a great head movement guy, and he's not a good reaction guy. He doesn't really know how to fight backwards, and he doesn't know how to fight. Um, Chandler's not a good. He's not a clever. He's not as clever as as a. He's not a clever fighter. He's more of a tough fighter, and 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 he'll bring it to you. And he has. A, he's a great athlete. He's a dog. Chandler's a dog. You can't take that away from him. Yeah. But. I, I I will go with McGregor's uh, cleverness and his big left hand. Yeah, when you say, um, you, you give me you give me your opinion. Uh, when you say that, that Chandler probably doesn't have the upper doesn't doesn't really have the upper hand like McGregor has, I can see what you mean. What you mean? Some people, as in quite a few people, said that a lot. That um, well. Those who said said it really probably not so nice. Where they wish that Chandler would stop fighting so fucking dumb and stupid that um his fight IQ probably isn't the best. Um, when he goes into the Oxman, they you know you hear him talking about being the most exciting fighter. And, but you know in the past, from what we've seen since he comes to the UFC, that hasn't really really played. I mean, the last few fights he's had, with the exception of Dan Hooker, his debut fight, he hasn't really won any of those fights. Um, I think, yeah, um, when he's in there, he's really wild and ferocious, but then that will cause him to gas out very, very quickly. You've got to be very technical and smart uh, with your uh, with your energy. Yeah, well, the, the the thing is that the way Chandler fights, either he comes and beats you or you're going to beat him. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really go to the decision. He, was like, he, he got to the decision, but it's literally out of a war. When he had that war with Justin Gaethje, when he had that, uh, you know, that war with Dustin Poirier, because he was going at it with Dustin Poirier until he got, he got, you know, he got beat there. Um, but if you look at the, all the guys that Chandler's fighting are the top guys, and he knocked out Kevin Ferguson with a crazy kick. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean Kevin Ferguson, Tony Ferguson. Uh, so you see, so what I mean is like to me, a guy like Chandler is always dangerous because he's always he's very athletic, he got power, and he's very tough. He just tries to out-tough you so much, he sometimes loses by points or some, or he just gets hit too much. Sometimes he tries to out-tough you. And you cannot out-tough at a high level so much either. Have that toughness in case when, when, when you need it. But but you got to be smart. You got to be clever. You cannot just go out there and just try to 
or will somebody because sometimes that person's will is, is is as big as yours but guess what he got skills yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you gotta be careful with that but chandler yeah, even though it hasn't gone his way so well he hasn't been in some amazing amazing fights you can you cannot say that you can't tell me that chandler michael chandler is fighting and you're not watching if you're not watching yeah, michael yeah. chandler fight you're <laughs> not you don't really like fighting as much as i thought you would you uh... know? Yeah, yeah, you you correct me that yeah he did beat Tony Ferguson. I said he's not one million response. If yeah he did beat Tony Ferguson. I forgot about that too. I forgot yeah. about that too. <laughs> um, look, um, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. But before I before I, I leave you, are there any is there anyone or are there any organizations that you'd like to send a shout out to? Well, before anything, um, I'm always gonna think you because you're the one that's giving me the interview so i'm always going to thank whoever's giving me the interview they go they get thank you first thank you because thank you're, you. you're you're taking your time and time is valuable time and time is the one thing the most valuable thing we got in our lives and i want to thank them and in my career i have always gave most of this credit for my to my teammates and my coaches you know what i mean uh they nobody puts in more time than they do in this career you know what i mean in my career you know what I mean? So I'm always going to thank them. Thank my manager, Antonio Santiago. He's been with me since day one. So we, so we me and Click, we never been, we have never split. We've been together. We went, we made it to the UFC. Now we're, we're, going, we're going somewhere else. But we've been, we stuck together, loyal to each other. Um, my friends, my family that have always supported me. They, to me, are number one in life. But right now in my career, I give it to my teammates, the people that I really put in that time. You know what I mean? In life, my fam- my my family and friends are number one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, my, like yeah. I told you, my circle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but in uh, in my career, I always think like you know anybody that puts a part in it because you know you know a lot of people don't have to. You know they you know you you know I got all my sponsors. Uh, I got a white line, which is the one that I told you, my therapist. I got a. Um, uh, what's it called? I forgot the name of it, but it's my 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 chiropractor. He hooks me up too, and when I'm having problems with my back, uh, I got Kendall Sports Medicine, which helps me with my knees down. Um, I have uh, uh, let me see. I just don't want to miss out on nobody. Oh, a huge shout out to my management team, Dominic and MMA. They've been helping me out a lot too. Like I saw my my my, my manager is Antonio Santiago, but. You know, we're under Dominic MMA, which is with Ali. Ali has been a great, great manager to me, too, which technically he's not my manager. He's my manager's boss. <laughs> so which he's my manager, too. But it's technically like he lets me run my things with my own manager. We work with him. But I, I want to thank Ali as well because he's been amazing. And, and and like I said, just everybody, man. I, I'm, I'm a very thankful person to whoever puts their time or anything generally towards me towards my me my life or my career i'm very thankful so shout out to all of y'all shout out to all the real ones out there and you know that's it you know you know after he- after hearing that i mean i can tell your circle would be small but if i was to, if i was to have them before me i, I can imagine it'd be like 30 with dozens of people and earlier you were talking about being trolled after a loss i, I can't really see how anyone would dislike you well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, man, like, you know, hey, I, <laughs> I'm a very straightforward person, man. Either you, either you love me or you hate me, man, but there's nothing in between with me. You know what I mean? 
Uh, people that love me, they really love me. People that don't like me, they don't really don't like me because I'm I'm uh, either, either black or white, ain't gray. You know, what I mean, it's not, I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm very straightforward. I I I I I, I, I speak with my mind. I, I I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know what I mean? Um, I'm that kind of guy. Uh, you you will know how I feel about you in a matter of seconds that you meet me. You know what I mean? I'm just that kind of guy. I'm, I'm very open like that. I don't really care what anybody thinks. I'm just I'm just very open. I let you know if I like you. I let you know if I don't like you. If I'm cool with you, you're gonna feel it right away. If I'm not cool with you, you're gonna feel it right away. That's just how I am. I'm not warm. I'm either hot or cold. It's just that simple. No, that that's that's good. In fact, that's something that these days, you know, all this woke culture nonsense. That's something that's very very rare to come across, actually. <laughs> it's not. It's a good quality. Well, I am a '90s baby. Don't forget, I'm a. I was born in the '80s, late '80s, '87. I'm a '90s baby. I grew up in a different era. Mm-hmm. I'm. I still have a little old school with me. You know what I mean? I. I, yeah. I grew up a little different. That's different, you know. So, and I, I have my own unique views of life that some people may not like, and some people, you know, they like it. You know, it's. It's just, I respect everybody. I don't care. I don't discriminate nobody. I, to me, we all are human beings. I, if I don't like you, because you, to me, you're just not a good person, or there's things that I don't like about you, but it has nothing to do with your color, your culture, your sexual preference, your your whatever, whatever it is that people now want to always divide humans. Oh, because they're here, they're this, they're that, they're this. To me, we are human beings. I don't really care. What is your background? Where, as long as you have good intentions, you got good vibes, and you're, you you. As long as you're a good, cool person, we're cool, man. We're gonna be always cool, and we may even be great friends. But that's that's it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care what you do with your life as long as you're not doing wrong, and that's it. You know, that's just to me. I judge everybody as a human. I don't judge people about who they are, what they wear, what where they come from. I don't care about any of that. Danny, once again, thank you so much for coming on. God, I could spend hours speaking to you, but I know you've got a you've had a long day. Okay, and you want to see got, the fights, of course. Oh yeah, we got USC starts in twenty well, we got the, the main car it starts uh, in twenty minutes. So yeah, yeah. Hey, so you forgot to ask the John Jones or 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 game. You uh, didn't ask that one. Um no. Because it'll be a bit late when I post this, or the fight will happen already. But I get to, I'll give you an answer right now. I think Jones is gonna win. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a smarter, he's a clever fighter. I get there's so many factors of why he could lose. Don't get me wrong. Yes, being out for too long, gaining too much weight, all this stuff. I get that. I get that. But I always give an edge to the smart fighter. So that's why, guys. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you listened up to to the end, and don't forget, you can also catch the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and on Google Podcasts. And don't forget to hit the like button, show some love, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel also if you enjoyed the content. Danny, once again, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll definitely yeah, have man. to get you back on the show. Definitely. Thank you very much, man. Don't worry. Thank you very much. Anytime, just we, you know, you 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 know, you know how to reach me. We we'll talk. Definitely. All right. Take care, All right, man. See ya. Thank you. All right. Thank you.